The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. It takes a lot for you to get here. Even those of you that are joining us online and maybe you're still in your PJs or you're, you know, you're in the kitchen or something getting breakfast ready, it still took a lot for you to make it a point to join us online, to sign in, to, to, you know, to tune in with us. It took a lot of effort for you to get here. If you have kids, it took a, lot, a real lot of effort, right? You gotta get them ready, you, know, you get them up, you gotta get them fed, you gotta get them out the door, you gotta get them dressed, and they spit up on themselves, they make a mess, or they're older kids, and you gotta like fight them just to get them out at a reasonably good time. If you don't, even if you don't have kids, though, you had to put a lot of effort in the game. I mean, some of you, you look amazing. I mean, you put a lot of effort into getting here. Some of you guys, come on, you guys step up your game. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Which means you put all that effort into getting here. You came looking for something. Where do you feel stuck? You need something significant to happen in your life. Maybe for too long, things have been the way they are. You're just tired of it. Maybe it's in a relationship and you're just going, you know, I don't know how much longer I can just keep handling this particular part or the way this is. Maybe it's something you've just been dragging around. It's a regret, it's guilt, it's a bad habit, it's a, it's a sin habit, and you're just, you've been dealing with it so long that you've gotten used to it, but you know you're not supposed to be used to it and you're sick of it. You wish it was gone. Maybe it's something in your finances. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe, maybe it's a struggle. Maybe you've been given everything you've got. You've been fighting hard to do your best at work or to put money aside, but no matter how much you give your best, it feels like it's not enough. Maybe you're fighting for one of your kids. They're making some poor choices and you're just fighting you're working to, to see them make a turn. And what, what you came in today, is, or when you tuned in today, you need something. You need something to happen in your life. You're tired of the way things are. You're at the point where you're saying, enough with the status quo. I need something to shift in my life. I need, I need something to break through in the area where I'm stuck. I hope I hope that there's probably a lot of you that are like, yeah, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. Well, I feel like you, you tuned in or you came to the right place. Because that's what I'm gonna be talking about, teaching about in this series, about breaking through. And this morning, I wanna talk about the beginning of breaking through. Because there, there's always a beginning point to breaking through that, that releases something in us where there, be, there develops or begins a pattern of breaking through in our life. And so what does it look like for you to get to the point of beginning a breakthrough in your life? Because here's the thing, when you struggle with certain things for so long, you can kind of throw your hands up in the air and resign yourself that the way it is is the way it's just gonna be. But, but worse than that, you can be, it can begin to shape how you see God. You, you can begin to think God doesn't care about whatever it is I'm struggling with, wherever it is I'm stuck. Or maybe 
maybe no matter how much I pray or no matter what I say, God is busy and preoccupied with something else. What I'm dealing with isn't important enough or something far worse. Maybe God even causes it. I've heard people talk about their struggles and say, well, maybe, maybe it's God that sent this in my life. Maybe God's causing this in my life. Maybe my pain is punishment for something I've done. And it begins to shape how you view God because you think that God's putting it on your life. So then you think that even if I'm praying, I mean, of course God isn't gonna reverse this because God's the reason for it. And that can begin to trick you into believing that maybe God is against me. I wanna introduce you to a woman. She's not gonna come up on the platform. Uh, but it's a woman in the story of God is found in the Bible. Um, we're going back into ancient times. We've been looking at this story from the, the book of the, it's the first book of Kings. And the book of the Kings is, uh, there's two volumes. It's kind of a historical account of the, of the stage of the nation of Israel when they had, shockingly, kings. So you can see how creative they were in naming these books. But the point is, this is the first volume. And in it, um, there's this season where, and in fact, this is kind of a pattern, where the nation of Israel rejects God. And when they reject God, bad things happen. Things go badly for them. And so God raised up a prophet to teach people and tell them what God's saying. And so Elijah is this national prophet um, speaking to, but also challenging the nation of Israel to like turn from their wrong ways and turn to God. And as a result of them not turning, he says, look, here's what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, it's gonna be bad. There's gonna be a drought in the land. There's gonna be famine, like for years, like you should really repent and get things right. And they don't listen. And so sure enough, a drought comes and there's famine in the land, which means there's no food. And God compels Elijah to go to the home or, or to go near a home of a poor widow. And as he's approaching, he sees the widow and the woman and she's, she's got some sticks in her hand and she's preparing to make a fire. And, and so he stops her and says, hey, that's great. You're, you're getting ready to cook. Can you make me a meal so I can eat? Now, everybody in the nation of Israel knows who Elijah is. And so when he walks up, it's not like, you know, even, even though this woman's not an insider, uh, she's the widow of Zarephath, uh, Zarephath um, she knows who Elijah is. And so she, she says to him, I'm sorry, I, I don't, all I have is this tiny little bit. I have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. In fact, I hate to say this, but I was actually gonna make a, this last meal. My son and I were gonna eat it and then we're gonna starve to death. And Elijah goes, I, I hear you. Go ahead and make me a meal first. Which sounds really insensitive, but it's not. Because what, what happens is, so she, she does what he says. She makes the meal, she makes the bread for him, she provides him the bread, and then what this amazing miracle where the little bit of flour and the little bit of oil she has never runs out for the entire famine. So she's able to feed herself and her son and Elijah, the whole famine, with this tiny little amount. And sometimes you feel like that, right? Like you have very little, but somehow in God's miracle way, he allows the little to last. And, and, and then the famine breaks, and 
Elijah kind of is moving on. Well, during this time, while she's providing for Elijah with this little bit of oil and flour, she, she makes a room for him in her house. So now he's living with the widow and her son. And then the story picks up here. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse, finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, listen to this. What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? You can literally hear it, the desperation in her heart. God, what have I done? I mean, it's not like it's not enough that I almost starved to death, but then you miraculously provided for me. And now what, God? You're remembering all the things I did wrong in my past and now you're punishing me and killing my son. You see how her pain becomes punishment. She sees her pain as punishment. And so she begins to say, God, what do you have against me? Are you causing my son's death? Did you kill him? as punishment to me because of the things I've done wrong. And maybe you can hear in her cry your own pain. Whatever it is you've gone through for far too long, you start to go, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, have you seen all the things I've done wrong and now what I'm going through in this moment is the consequence of that? Like, is this punishment? Are you against me? But even in her fear or her doubt, she comes to Elijah. Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him, he took him from her arms, carried him to, to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God. And listen to even Elijah's question. Have you, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Even Elijah's not sure. He's like, God, is this from you? Are you, are you causing this to happen? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry. The boy's life returned to him and he lived. God did not cause the boy to die. God does not cause death, but life. And God wasn't sending, the, God didn't cause this situation to expose her weakness, but to reveal his strength. And he wasn't trying to expose her sin. He was trying to bring salvation. And what I want you to know from this story what I hope jumps out to you is this. No matter what you're carrying, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through and what you need in this moment, I want you to know that the God of breakthrough is on your side. Now that's a lyric to a song that we sing and we're going to sing. But I wanted to kind of drive it home from this story by reminding you or encouraging you. There's a God of breakthrough and he is on your side. He fights for you and he does breakthrough for you. And we want that and we need that. 
There's a reason why we interpret pain as punishment. There's a reason why this woman thought maybe God was causing this. She goes, Are, did, you, did you come here and cause my son to die to remind me of my sin? Sin is this spiritual sickness, this spiritual curse that, that, that separates us from relationship with God. And when we're separated from relationship with God, we believe that God is against us. But let me be really clear with you. Even in your sin, God isn't against you. You're against God. God isn't fighting against you. You're fighting against God. God hasn't withdrawn, or nor is he running from you. You're running from God. You see, like the, the, the turning and the rejection is all on our end. God is for us. God is fighting for us. God is pursuing us. God loves us. We reject God. We turn our back on God. See, sin is this spiritual sickness inside of every one of us that causes us to turn our back on God, turn away from God, and run toward what we want, what we trick ourselves, or we don't trick ourselves, but we, we're tricked into believing that what feels good is good, even though it's bad for us. And as a result, it sends us on a life course of destruction and ruin, where pain it's interpreted as punishment. And part of that is that it, it really feels like that because sin causes a separation from God and leads us to a forever without God where there is an ultimate pain, which is punishment for our sin separation from God. And here, here's the miracle moment in the story, this but God moment where in spite of her struggles, she turns to God. And here, here's what I want you to know. This, Jesus doesn't come during this time frame. You have to fast forward uh, about 1,500 years to get to the time of Jesus. But he, here's the story of Jesus. That, you know, in this story, uh, through the prayer of Elijah, God resurrects her only son. And you already see the connection. Jesus is better than Elijah because Jesus came to give his life as the payment for our sin. We deserve eternal judgment. So Jesus came from heaven to earth, the, the only son of God, to die on the cross, to take on our eternal death sentence, dies in our place, but death couldn't hold him because God holds the victory over death. And so when Jesus died, he paid the penalty for our sins, which then when we believe in Jesus, it frees us, forgives us of our sins, and frees us from the consequence of eternal judgment. So now when we believe in Jesus by faith, we're both forgiven and we're released from eternal death and we live in eternal life. Jesus died and rose again to give us victory, to give us breakthrough. So when you and I believe in Jesus by faith, we're forgiven and given this new and forever life. So before you think about how God can help you with your situation, or your crisis, or your struggle, or that relationship, can I, can I encourage you to pause and say, where are you at in relationship with God right now? Because the key is the God of breakthroughs on your side, and so then I would challenge you are, you, are you with God? He's pursuing you. Are you willing to turn to him? God wants to forgive you, but you gotta be willing to turn and receive that forgiveness. So right now, would you turn your heart toward God and say yes to believing in Jesus by faith? And if that's where you're at, 
Can I encourage you? You just make that commitment and you make that decision. You believe in Jesus by faith and then you let someone know. Maybe lean over to the person and say, hey, I'm, I'm making that commitment. If you're, in your, if you're in your home and you're watching on a TV or a smartphone, would you let someone in your home know? Well, let, let us know. There's gonna be a way on, on social media for you to, or on the, the stream for you to let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus. If you're in the room right now, would you scan the QR code and just let, uh, fill out that form and you're gonna let us know and one of our pastors will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey in relationship with God. Because the, the first key, most significant step in your life to, to breaking through is believing in Jesus by faith, believing that the God of breakthrough is on your side. But some of you that are hearing this are saying, I've been, I've been believing in Jesus for many years and there are things that are still stuck in my life. There's still things that I need to see significantly happen. So how do I get to the place where I'm beginning to experience breaking through. Well, let's jump back into the story and pull some principles out of it that we can apply to our lives to put ourselves in a place where we can begin to experience breakthrough. Listen to this. Uh, if we go down to verse 20 and 20, uh, 20 through 22, it reads this way. Then Elijah, then he cried, uh, he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry. Here's what I want you to know. God already won the victory for your breakthrough. The, when, you're, when you're looking for breakthrough, it's not like there is some um, battle to try to get your breakthrough. You feel like there's a battle, but I want you to know that God has already won the victory. God has already fought and won the victory for your breakthrough. It's already paid in full. There's nothing you can do to earn something to break through in your life. You don't deserve it. You can't fight for it. You don't work for it. There's nothing this woman could have done. She came to Elijah, the representative of God, and said, help. And she didn't even necessarily do it the right way, right? Like anybody reading the story goes, I mean, she comes almost in accusation. I mean, what does God have against me? Did God kill my son? But it doesn't matter. The point is she came to Elijah. She came to the man of God. She put herself in a place where she, she got in front of a man of God. And in this ancient time, the man of God was a representative of God. And so she puts herself in a place where she can experience breakthrough, a breakthrough that had already been won. Why? Because God is the God of life, not death. God is the God of victory, not defeat. The God of strength, not weakness, right? Like meaning God is fighting for you, not against you. And so the only thing you can do is position yourself in front of God, even... Even when you can't say it the right way, even when you can't ask it the right way, she got herself in front of Elijah and said, help, I don't know what to do. I'm in trouble. But what I want you to hear is this. When Jesus died on the cross and Jesus rose from the dead, he gained, he gained the victory for our breakthrough. What I mean by that is this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you need to be, no matter what you need um, breakthrough from, 
It was already accomplished through Jesus' death and his resurrection. I hope you hear that right now. Maybe you've been struggling with a sickness or you're struggling with a sin issue or a relationship issue. Let me me take those kind of situations. A sickness. Here's the thing. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died to give us complete healing. It's already paid for. Complete healing is already accomplished through Jesus Christ on the cross, which means it's already there. He already won the victory for your breakthrough. If it's a, it's a sin habit, something you're struggling with, you're having a hard time letting go of, Jesus already died on the cross to um, forgive us of our sins and set us free from sin habits, right? Like it's already accomplished. If there's a relationship struggle, Jesus died on the cross so that he could not only forgive our sins and reconcile us to relationship with God, but what fills Spills, right. So if what fills spills, then what he already did in us, he wants to do through us, which means forgiveness is in us that can spill into our relationships, which brings healing. If we have reconciliation with God, then he wants to pour the work of reconciliation through us into our relationships. Okay, so now you have that, you're asking an obvious question, right? Well, then why isn't it happening? Like if Jesus paid for my ultimate healing on the cross, then why am I not healed? Great question. It's waiting for us in eternity, but it's seeping from heaven to earth. It's seeping. What I mean by that is this, like there's a little bit of it that comes down here now. So what I want you to know is it's already won. It's already there. It's already waiting for us. When we pray, we come and we ask God, God, the, the healing that's waiting for me in heaven, like I know that when I die and I go to heaven, I will be ultimately healed. There's no ailment you're dealing with, no disease, no diagnosis, no troubles. When you get to heaven, this body, man, you're gonna be fully whole. You, you'll be healthier than you could ever imagine, no matter how many probiotics you take right now, no matter how often you go to the gym, no matter how many days in a row you jog, uh, that's my thing, right? Like it doesn't matter what you do, I promise you when you get to heaven, you'll be healthier. You'll experience ultimate healing. So when we pray, we're saying, God, what's waiting for me in heaven, would you bring a little bit of it down right now? And the same is true of being freed from sin struggles. The same is true in our relationship, right? Like when you get to heaven, relationships will be in perfect harmony. So why does it always feel like that now? Because we have to recognize that it's, the victory is already won and then we trust God that in these moments, he does what only he can do. So a little statement I wrote out was this, every breakthrough has already broken through, which means it's already available to us. If you believe in Jesus by faith, the breakthrough you're seeking has already broken through for you. God is the God of breakthrough. He already broke through. Healing is already available. Forgiveness is already available. Wholeness and relationship is already available. It's all, it's all laid out in front of us. And so the only thing we do is we put ourselves in front of God and say, God, help. I need your help. And then there's a moment of trust. God, I trust that you will do what only you can do. So healing, God, I don't know if on this side of heaven, if you're gonna heal me physically, but I trust you, right? Because think about it. This boy that gets raised from the dead, he's gonna die again. So like, 
Was the goal just to physically raise him from the dead? No, the, the woman, she, this son is her only hope for the future. This son is her financial provision. I mean, it's the only way she's gonna survive. And so when Jesus, I mean, I'm sorry, when, when Elijah prays and the son is resurrected and gives, and, and he presents the son back to the widow, he's saying, God is fighting for you. God is on your side. God is looking out for your needs. God is looking out for your future. God is looking out for your legacy. But in your life, there are these moments where you don't know what's gonna happen. And so you trust God and you say, God, I know that my ultimate healing is waiting for me. Would you do it now? But I'm gonna trust that you are at work for your ultimate good and my best. Do you hear that? When you're looking, when you put yourself on the front end of breakthrough, when, you, when breakthrough begins, you're coming to God with a posture of God, I trust you. I believe that you are working in me for your ultimate good and my ultimate best, even when it doesn't feel best. And so you come to God trusting God, relying on God, saying, God, I'm, depend I'm fully dependent on you. And then, and then there's one more piece that I wanna make sure we don't miss because it's, it's, it really kind of ties all, the, all of this story together. Let me, let me read a little bit more to you. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. And Elijah picked up the child, carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Now, I don't know how Elijah said it, but my guess is he came, he kind of went as fast as you can carry this son down the stairs and I have to carry my boys up and down my steps because that's like their favorite thing is jump on daddy's back and then they want rides up and down the stairs. And so as fast as Elijah could, he came down the stairs with, with the boy and he's like this. He goes, your son, look, he's alive, right? Like this is pretty epic. And, and then this, then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is truth. There's this hope. Breakthrough begins in hope. This woman comes to Elijah struggling, doubting, questioning. She, she literally comes to Elijah and says, did God cause this? because he's reminding me of my sins. Elijah, when he goes to God in prayer, says, God, I don't know. Are you seriously causing the death of this son in the, in the home of the widow who's taken me in and provided a room for me? See, like, God, this doesn't make sense. And here, here's what you notice in this story. Even when you're questioning, come expecting. Let me say it again. We'll make sure you don't, because that's the beginning of a breakthrough. Even when you're questioning, come expecting. When you're seeking, you seek in the midst of your struggles. Pray in the midst of your pain. What I mean is, don't let your questions disqualify you from a breakthrough. Don't, don't see your questions and your doubts and your struggles as some like reason to not come to God. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what God's up to, so I'm not even gonna talk to him. No, that's exactly why you talk to God. Come to God with your questions. Come to God with your doubts. Come to God in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your worries, in the midst of your wants. When you don't know, just come to God. 
Even when you're questioning, come expecting. And God met her expectations and Elijah's expectations. When you come actively expecting, God shows up and does the unexpected. God wants to do breakthrough in your life. God is breaking through, but you and I have got to be willing to show up even when we don't see God, when we don't know what he's doing, when we think, when we misinterpret the work of God in our life, when we misinterpret pain as punishment. So what? Show up in front of God. God, I need you. God, help again. God, I can't take this anymore. I'm struggling, but I'm gonna keep asking. God, I don't know where else to turn, so I'm turning to you. That is the beginning of miracles. Here's the beauty of this moment. When she came looking for a miracle, the miracle was already available to her. It was right there. It was never as far away as she feared it was. For you, the breakthrough, the miracles that you're looking for are not nearly as far away as you fear they are. God is present. God is with you. God is near you. And God is at work and he's working even when you can't see it. Even when you don't know what he's doing. Come, ask, believe, pray. When you feel weak, God is more than strong enough. When you see death around you, he is the God of life. When you only feel lack, he is the God of abundance. And so you come to him and you trust. You trust this, that God is at work for your ultimate good and for his ultimate good and is working for your best. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you. More than just praying over you, I started by saying, you know, you probably, every one of you took a lot to get you into this moment. Don't you leave this moment without at least turning to God, at least asking God for what it is that you need from him today. You, you, you joined us online. You took the time to stay with us online when there's a lot of distractions around you. God can meet you in your home. He's not limited by a church building or a theater or a, or a, you know, a rented space that we call church. God can meet you in your home, in your car, wherever you are. God can meet you in this place right now. He's the God of breakthrough. And he's on your side. And he's for you. So I'm gonna pray. But more than praying, what I'm asking is that you would open your heart wide to God. Bring your questions, but come expecting. If you're struggling, still come seeking God to do the impossible. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that even when we feel like you're far from us, you're pursuing us. Even when we feel like you're against us, God, we discover that you're for us. Lord, whatever it is, whatever that struggle is that we're facing, whatever that battle is that we've been going through that we can't seem to get victory over, thank you that you're the God of victory. You're the God of breakthrough. That God, you're not intimidated or turned off by our questions or our doubts or our struggles. In fact, those are the very places, the fertile soil where the seed of hope and the seed of desperation springs into breakthrough miracles.
And so God, I pray that all across this place and online, God, that you would meet individuals and begin to give them the breakthrough they're seeking. Would they hold on to the promise, God, that you are for them, not against them? And would they hold on to the hope that you are at work in their life for their ultimate good and your ultimate good and for what is best in their life? We believe this now, Jesus. God, in this place, would you, would you break chains of bondage and sin? Would you break bad habits and free people from the fears and the regrets and the shame of the past? Would you begin to heal relationships and restore what's been lost? Would you cause this place to erupt in hope because of the promise that the God of breakthrough is on our side? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.